0: Do I lift up my soul?
1: to our morning service here at the Boonville Church of Christ. Thank you for being here, especially if you're visiting with us. If you would at this time, please take the friendship register and pass it down the aisle so we can have a a record of everyone's attendance this morning. We come together this morning to worship the Lord. Let's begin our time together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for all of the things that you do for us. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to be here this morning. And we pray that as we enter into our time of worship today, we can focus on the things that are important in this world. Be with us and help us to always do what's right in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: song this morning is going to be amazing grace my chains are gone we'll sing all out together amazing grace saying, thank you, Lord, number seven hundred eighty. with me please our kind and gracious heavenly father we know that you are holy that you are all powerful that you are all knowing and father we are so thankful to be able to assemble this morning and worship thee we're thankful father for your love we're thankful for your mercy and we're thankful for your willingness to forgive us when we repent. Father, We it is such a wonderful thing to be part of your family. And we pray that your blessings would continue upon this congregation. We're thankful, Father, for every member of this congregation and we pray your greatest blessings to continue with us. We're thankful for all those who are involved in the various elements of work here and service. We're thankful for our Bible school teachers, for our ministers, for our deacons. We're thankful, Father, that you have uh, allowed us to serve you. We pray for wisdom for the eldership. We know, Father, that you listen to us and we're so thankful for that. We have several, Father, that are on our mind this morning but who are suffering from illness or treatments or recovering from uh, surgery or planning surgery. We play, pray, Father, that you would be with Sister Linda Garrett, with Martha Eaton, with Beatrice Barron, with Bonnie Warner as she recovers from her surgery, with Rachel Daniels. We pray that you would be with Jeremy Owens and Larry Richardson and Gabe George and Adam Martin and Tyler Hill and many others, Father, that we have on our prayer list. We, we you know that you know their needs, and we pray that your special care would be with each of them. Father, we are concerned about our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray that as a nation we would turn back to you and away from the agenda of the devil. We pray that in this upcoming elections that those who respect you and respect your word would be elected. We know father that you're ultimately in control and we pray that Thy will be done. Father we are so glad that we can be assembled to worship thee this morning. We, we pray that our songs have been pleasing into your heart. We pray that you'd be with Brother Ken as he shares the message with us. We pray that we would be influenced to do better by the things that he has to say. And we're so thankful, Father, that we can remember the death of your son this morning. You have continued to bless us so much, and it is in your Son's name that we pray. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're using your songbook, you can turn number 902 uh, and mark that for the invitation song, Nothing But the Blood, number 902. For Brother Ken leads us in a lesson uh, about the congregation, about being part of it. We're going to sing a medley of songs here. We'll sing the f- one verse of each of these songs. Common love, blessed be the ties, we will stand in God's family. If you would stand with me as we sing these songs and
0: lift up our voices to
3: God. <laughs>
4: This morning I'll be reading from Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 28. That's from the New King James Version. Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free.
1: There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Jesus
4: Christ.
3: Thank you, Phil. Good morning, everyone. Hey, if you're one of the children, Put that in quotation marks. You don't have to be a child to do this. We have these sermon notes for kids out there in the foyer. Why don't you just take the challenge to fill that thing out and see how closely you can pay attention to what I'm going to have to say today. Now, I'm going to try to pay attention to it. So why not you? And if you'll turn that in, I'll do something with it. <laughs> don't know yet what, but... I'm going to honor you some way for your diligence. I know that there are folks here who do take notes and just really engross themselves in the message. And listen, whether you do that or you are just purely meditating on what is being said, that, that, is, that is the means by which we are worshiping God in this part of our time together this morning. So we are concentrating on what it is that God has to say and we are striving to let that word be effective in us. And I hope that's what will happen today. Either it will build us up and make us stronger and more appreciative of what it is that we have or it will drive us to greater heights. I saw the most precious thing this morning And I can tell already that it's going to be one of those images that I have in my mind maybe the rest of my life. And if you didn't see it, I'm sorry, because it was as precious as can be. So Drew Bruce had Annie Kate in his hands like this, holding her up to the sky You remember that, Drew? Here's what I took from that. I thought that is the perfect image of our worship to God. I'm not talking about Drew, I'm talking about Annie Kate. As she was suspended there, looking up in the air, can you just, if you didn't see it, can you imagine that in your mind? That's how I imagine all of us in our worship. We're not just sitting in a pew, fidgeting with something, halfway looking at the words and looking at something else or thinking about other things, but that we we are so engrossed in our worship. It's like we have been lifted up and suspended in the air. So one day, Annie Kate, I'm going to tell you, you won't believe it, but that your dad held you up in the air like that and the impression it made on me. Maybe all of us. Today, you noticed that there was quite an emphasis in the text on the idea of being one, of being one in Christ Jesus. In fact, he said that you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk quite a bit about the privilege, the blessedness that it is to be that child and to be a part of what we sang about in that medley, the family, the church. And then the responsibility that goes along with that blessedness. Because you see, blessings are not just for our enjoyment. Blessings always come with a responsibility component. And I want to challenge you with that today. Before we start, though, let's pray that God will bless us through our study, our time of meditation on God's word in worship. Bow with me, please. Our Father, thank you for this great opportunity before us the blessing being assembled here together to worship you in spirit and in truth. I thank you, Father, that I have the privilege to be with my brothers and sisters, to enjoy this time with them as we together, all of us as one, lift you up in this worship. And we're praying that all that we're doing is so concentrated and filled with love for you that it is truly an acceptable Sacrifice. I thank you for that beautiful image that you put in my mind, and I tried to relate to the rest of the body here today. I just thank you for the idea that all of us can have, that although we're physically rooted in a seat, that in worship to you, Father, we can soar. And we thank you for others who lift us up and help us to be able to soar that way. Please help me, Lord, as your servant, to be a proper spokesman of your word, to communicate it in a simple and very understandable way. And I pray for those who hear these words that they will be able to use them even if somehow I get in the way of it. I just thank you for the powerful nature of your word that it always finds the place that it's supposed to dwell in us. And I pray, Lord, that it will be firmly seated in us today. Thank you for all that you will do through your word in encouraging us and activating us in service to you. In Jesus name, amen. I just get the impression that today there's a lot of confusion and even division of the idea of of church membership. Now, I mentioned what comes out of that text that is so beautiful. I mean, Paul says, for you all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There is so much to unpack right there in that text. It is a reflection on what God thought about for us from before the world was even created And how God's plan unfolded for man's salvation. But not just salvation. Let's let's take it a step further. Upon salvation, becoming one, all of us, one in Christ Jesus. One. One body. One family of people. Sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. It is a beautiful thing to be a member of the Lord's body. So it's, it's kind of amazing to me that people will talk about wanting Jesus. Oh, they want Jesus. But they don't want anything to do with the church. It just, it is beyond, it's beyond my understanding given what I do know about what the scriptures teach. That anybody would even hold such a notion. But I began then, of course, to ask why would anybody think that way? I've concluded it could be one of at least three different things. It could be that they just haven't been taught about it. Maybe it's, especially in more modern times, maybe it's just you know, more easily accepted to talk about being with Jesus as opposed to the church, because people just associate some negative things with church going. So maybe that idea is too formal for them. They like the idea of just being in Quote, unquote, a relationship with Jesus. Okay, maybe just haven't been taught what the Bible says about the church. Maybe, though, it is that they've been taught what the Bible has to say, but it just hasn't made a connection with them. Or maybe just the, the, the importance, the, the necessity aspect of it. See that the division comes in, well, I just don't think it's important or it's not necessary. And then on the other side, well, yeah, it is necessary and it is absolutely you know, important. And so there's your divide. So maybe it is, yeah, we've heard about it. We know about Christ and the church, but in our mind, they've become so separate. We didn't really even pay much attention to what was said about being in the church and its relationship to what it means to be in Christ. So maybe that's the disconnect. But I'm gonna say, while that might be true generally, one or the other of those don't know, or I did know, but really didn't make the connection, didn't understand it. I think more, at least my experience has been, is the idea of kind of disillusionment. And that is, I actually know people who are members of the church. And what I have discovered with them is that so many of them, while claiming and very, being very proud of being a member of the church, don't really live up to their calling. You know, they don't really live like they ought to be members of the church. And because of the way they act, I don't want to associate with them or I don't want to be lumped into that same category. And so, you know, give me Jesus, because I love Jesus. He's ideal, he's right. But that church, I don't know, it's not right. Maybe that's part of it, disillusionment. But whether it's one or the other or a multiple of things, the Bible actually does speak very clearly and authoritatively about the matter of church membership being a part of a local body of believers. And so this morning I want to I want to look at two parts of that because I've already been sharing with you some of the blessedness that is associated with being a member of the church. I mean if if you had not been here this morning, you would not have participated in our worship. You would not have heard about what I saw that was just so amazing. You you would have missed quite a lot. But that aside, you and I, we have the blessedness to one degree or another, but with blessedness also comes responsibility. I am now required to do something with the blessing that's come into my hands, the opportunity that God has placed here. So, today, just very simply, just, just two things. I'm going to talk about the blessedness of church membership and the responsibility of church membership. Okay, let's talk about the blessedness of it. Oh, it is such a blessing to be a member of the Lord's body, the church. I think maybe some of the disconnect that people have is they make separation between Jesus and his church. But you know, the scriptures don't don't really do that. In fact, the scriptures kind of beat on that drum of the idea consistently. You feel the rhythm of it through the scriptures that there is an intimate oneness related to Christ. And his church. In fact, the idea of being in Christ and in the body, which is the church, are used as synonymous ideas. And I'll show you how that really happened. You go back to the very beginning of all of this coming together, and of course, we'd immediately go to Acts chapter 2. You see that notion, that idea unfolding, the blending of the two. For instance, after the preaching of the gospel, the death, literally the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, having begun with the history of what brought Jesus to them presently, they were proven guilty of crucifying the Son of God, but that that was according to the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, yet they had taken him with their lawless hands and had crucified the Son of God. They were convicted The Bible says that they were cut to the heart and they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? So in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, Peter tells them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness or for the remission of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children, to those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So they were told to repent and be baptized for forgiveness, for the remission of their sins to receive salvation. Verse 41 tells us that those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3000 souls, what's this wording now, were added to them. They were added, the 3000 who were baptized, the 3000 who in response to the preaching And now the teaching regarding their salvation responded in kind to the instruction. He said to repent and be baptized. They were baptized. And then they were added to them. Added to them. What's that mean? Verse 47 clears that up. And it says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Who is being saved? Those who had been baptized who are those who have been baptized? Well, those who learned that they were lost, had heard the gospel and responded. Those who heard the gospel, responded in obedience, were baptized, had their sins washed away, therefore salvation, forgiveness of sins, the scripture says were added to the church. Now our text right here, Galatians chapter three at verse 27, or 37, 27 he says, that those who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So the whole idea, that's I think kind of the full circle picture is that being baptized into Christ also enters us into the clothing of Christ. We become one in the same with, I'm just gonna call it the mechanism that God has put out here for our salvation. So to be in Christ is very much the same as being in the church. Those who were saved or in Christ were added to the church. So every blessing then that is found in the church is a result of our being in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, to the glory of the praise of his name, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to the good pleasure which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times He might bring together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. In Him also we have an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the measure of his grace in him. You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom having believed, you were sealed with the gospel, sealed by means of the Holy Spirit, according to this text. Now we have, according to this, every spiritual blessing. How does that manifest itself? Well, he pointed out a handful of those things in him, he says, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, verse seven. Or in verse 11, he says that we have an inheritance, which Peter says is incorruptible, undefiled, doesn't fade away, reserved in heaven for you. In verses 13 and 14, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom having believed you were sealed. I love that. So the spirit indicates our relationship with the Lord based on the response that we made to the gospel. I have salvation. I have an inheritance. I have identification with God as a child of God. I have, as we noted from Acts chapter 2, forgiveness of sins. That's a beautiful thing that is a blessing that comes in our obedience to the gospel, being in Christ and then having believed, being added to the church. If I'm in the church, I have that forgiveness of sins. I have a peace that is hard even to describe. And so we oftentimes, instead of trying to describe it, we just go to what the scripture says. Philippians chapter four, beginning at verse six, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ, in the church, peace. There is fellowship with God that is ongoing. Not just when I was washed in this water and raised up in newness of life, but 1 John chapter 1, verse seven says that if we, continue to walk in the light as he is in light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, literally continues to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all sin. That is a continuing relationship with the Lord. No doubt about it. One of the great blessings that we have is just wrapped up in all these spiritual things. But there are also, and I don't even know how else to describe it, except just to say that there are some things that are just general blessings. You might not always stop and think about them or try to put your finger on it, but these are things that are yours, whether you stop and think about it or not. And one of those, Ephesians chapter two, verse six, is that we have all been reconciled into one body. Now, what it does not say is, now, okay, you committed this class of sin, so I'm forgiving you, but I'm going to segregate you over here. And so we'll all be able to remember what you were. Not that. I've been reconciled to God and then I'm put in the body with everybody else. In other words, regardless of what it is that I've done, and we don't stand around comparing our sins, I hope, but whatever it is has been forgiven has made it possible for me to be one with everybody else in this body. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Even the apostle Paul who counted himself as the chief of sinners, who had been a blasphemer, a persecutor and an insolent man, one who had gathered up Christians and carried them off for persecution, ultimately was standing there as the coats were piling up at the death of Stephen, that guy, Well, he was one with every other Christian who maybe even some of them still looking down their nose in skepticism at the work that he was doing. One in Jesus Christ. What what a blessing that is. Reconciled in one body. We've been called out. Sometimes hard to wrap our mind around that because it seems like we still interact with the people that we used to associate with. Maybe we still associate with. We're still rubbing elbows with them. We've not been called out of the world in the sense that I'm no longer here. I'm still physically here, but something has changed on the inside. Yes. And so a transformation has happened in first Peter chapter 3 Two, we have the description of that in verses nine and 10, that you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Don't miss that part that, yeah, that's happened to me, but now what you do is you proclaim it. I mean, aren't you glad for that? And if you are just overjoyed that this has happened to you, then it ought to be something that we're constantly communicating, even though we haven't been called out of association with most of the people that were in our life yet. There's something decidedly different about us. And that ought to be something that we're happy to share. And we were talking about this oneness that we have No greater picture of that oneness than the relationship between Christ and his church as described the church being the bride of Christ. Yes. So Ephesians 5 says wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of the wife. As also Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church." For we are all members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. He said, don't miss this point. Yeah, I'm talking about marriage, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. I want to slow down right there because I don't want you to miss this part. He said, just like the husband and wife, we know that story. God has joined the two to become one. He said, I've told you this because I'm applying this to Christ and his church. Christ and church in this spiritual marriage have become one. You say, oh, I want Jesus, but I don't want the church. <laughs> That's kind of like saying, well, Ken, we want you, but that Anita, ah, no." No, no, that, that isn't how it goes, folks. I mean, we're together. There is a Mr. and Mrs. Ken Forrest. That means that I'm the male component of Ken and she's the female component of it. So if you want Ken Forrest, that's us together because the two have become one. Well, what about Christ in the church? He says, I speak concerning Christ in the church. So. Stay with me, folks, he says. Yeah, I've been talking about that marriage thing and you know it well, but what you know about that, apply that to the church and understand that Christ and the church are one, the head and the body, one. There are also individual blessings. And these are the things like what I expressed to you in the very beginning. To me, although I I try to communicate it to you, you, unless you were sitting over there and saw it like I saw it and thought of it like I thought of it, for me, it's pretty individual. That was kind of my thing. I've shared it with you. It can partly be your thing, but I saw it. I experienced it. I know what I felt in that moment live. So there are, individual blessings like just the idea that when I'm a member of the church, I'm in association with the greatest people on earth. I believe that is so true because those people in the church, they are God's people. I know that when I come together to worship and worship is itself a personal thing, because you're expressing yourself, but you're doing it together with your brothers and sisters, the family of God. That is that is such a beautiful thing that happens to us all individually. Yeah, it's happening together, but each one of us individually is experiencing that. And then when something happens to us, whether good or ill. Even if you don't call me, you don't call and check up on me. You you're still, you're praying for me. I, I think the greatest thing you could do for me is not come visit me. And I would love it if you did not bring me food. And I love it when you bring food, I'm not trying to discount all those good things that you do. But when you tell me that you're praying for me, that is number one. And when I hear In my hearing someone mentions my name as my name was mentioned a few moments ago in encouragement and help as I'm going to preach this sermon, I'm telling you, there's just something powerful in knowing that the whole congregation, whether in a public setting or we put the name in the bulletin and we encourage you to do it, to know that all these people are lifting your name up before God. That is powerful. Those to me, among so many other things we could talk about, but those to me are some precious, precious blessings that are found in church membership. We quantified them spiritually, generally, individually. But you know, as well as I do, that if there are blessings that come into my life, then God didn't put that there just because he likes me and he wants to park them there for a while. God did that because he wants me to act on it. Let me translate that for you. It's a responsibility now that I use this blessing, the things we've talked about thus far and so much more. I use these blessings in a responsible way to the glory of God i did a survey one time so this is not an official survey like you find in one of those well-documented papers i'm just telling you what my experience was i had a class of adults one time had 91 adult students in it ages 35 to 50. and i asked them this question why is it you think that so many christians now this was not the boonville church just let me set that aside because at the Boonville congregation, I already know it's way different from this. Most people say, yeah, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. I think it's flipped that here. I think everybody is doing something practically here. it's, It's an anomaly. But I asked these folks, I said, why is it you think that so many Christians are inactive and that they're not concerned? about their inactivity. The number one response was, it's a heart problem. And I think that's absolutely right. My heart isn't right, or my heart just isn't in it for some reason. Now there were other things that people said. For instance, some people said, well, we're just affected by worldliness so much. We get drugged into other things and we just become inactive in the church. Or uh, something akin to that, our priorities aren't exactly right, so something else has gotten in the way. I, I, get, I get that. I think those are right responses. Someone said, you think it's because we act many times out of a sense of duty and not out of love? And I stood over that one for a while after class, and I thought, wow. I hope that's not it, but I, I think that is partly it. Because I think sometimes people, if they're signed up for a thing, or if someone puts them in charge of it, they'll do it. But if it's just left up to them, like, hey, we're going to do such and such, y'all come, they won't come. Because my name wasn't on the list. I don't feel the... Do- I'm not just motivated by the love to just go do it. You know, I, I don't have to be told to do it. I just want to do it. Maybe that's part of it, duty and not love. But the one that has really stuck with me, and one I still think about today, and the one I want to expound on a little bit, is that someone said, Ken, I just am not sure that what it is I do really matters. Let me say this right now. What you do, whatever it is that you do, matters. I'm not talking about the electronics within modern watches, but they used to make watches <laughs> out of little physical things like gears, lots of tiny gears. Now, of course, the purpose of a watch is to have the hands pointing at the right numbers so you can tell what time it is. You know, the short one's over here and the tall one's up north, three (laughs) o'clock. Okay. The objective is the display. What time is it? Oh, it's three o'clock. But all those little gears and you know, back in the day you had, if you were a watchmaker, you had to have the skill of a surgeon because those little gears were so tiny and precise. In order to create an instrument that will remain accurate day after day and year after year requires the finest degree of machining. And to put that thing together and to get it to work as perfectly as possible, that is just an amazing skill. Maybe that has been lost in most of the world, but that's the way it used to be. Most people thought nothing about the gears that were running the hands. I just want to know, why's the clock off by two seconds? I just can't. What in the world? Well, what about all those little gears in there? Now, if we put little personalities to those gears back there, I'm sure the smallest gear would say, I don't really matter. All I do is just spin around every day, every day, every day. I don't even know what this is about. You know, I have no idea. And yet we realize that that smallest gear right there, probably the most important component of the whole thing. And yet it's sitting in there doing its job every single day, getting no recognition and thinking, I don't matter. I would not call the name of this person But even if I did call the name of this person, most of you in this congregation would have no idea who they are because they just are so quiet as they go about doing their thing for the Lord. But let me give you an example. So when we do food pantry, if this person does not show up for food pantry day, there is an enormous panic that immediately goes through the hearts of everyone that is there. And even when this person is there and they say, Hey, I'm going to take a 10 minute break. We all gasp and we're like, Oh no. Oh no. What are we going to do? Here is a person. I guarantee you, The majority of you, if I called their name, you would not even know who I'm talking about. But that person has taken upon themselves a role that is enormously important with regard to some of the function of the work that this church does. And yet they go about it quietly without hardly any recognition. They do it not because it is a duty. They do it because they want to do it. They do it because they feel a calling to do it. I might not be, they would say, able to get up there and preach or lead the singing or anything that anybody else might think of a leadership position. But I'll tell you what, I can do this one job perhaps better than anybody else because that is my thing. Whatever it is that you do, however large or small you think it is, is enormously important to God and his workings. Ken, how can you say that? Because God has called you to a particular work. And that means then that no work is any more important than another work. We tend to judge things. That's what we like to do as humans. We measure, we compare against other things. God doesn't do it that way. God gives assignments. And what He looks for is results. He gives us a responsibility and He's looking to us to put our passion into it, however great or small. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. You are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus Four good works which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them before you ever obeyed the gospel. God had a work for you to do. he said about like, boy, I hope they obey the gospel now because I really need this job done. Really hope they will. We just hold back, hold back, hold back. Today they obeyed the gospel. Yes, they're rejoicing in heaven. Now we got somebody that's gonna tear this thing up. Hey, when you obeyed the gospel, is that how you, did you make splashes and ripples, the water busting out the side, eager to get to work for the Lord? That's what he's looking for. I've given you the blessing of a lifetime, salvation for eternity, yay! And I got this job for you to do. <laughs> what? yes. You're not going to do it out of sense of duty. You love me. You you displayed that. And now this, boy, if all of us wrapped our hearts around the thing that God has given us to do. Or 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are God's. So glorify Him in what it is that you do. There are all kinds of things that we can do. There, let's just use that word again. General. <laughs> the general things we can do. You could show up in attendance. Say, Ken, look, I'm here. Yay, you are here. Let's make that consistent. And let's encourage others to be here. In fact, that's kind of our thing, encouragement. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching, hey, come, come along, come with us, come and see. It could be in our giving. You know, we don't give grudgingly nor of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Maybe it's in the maintenance of oneness. Jesus said that is the thing that really identifies us in the body of Christ, not division, oneness. I'm going to John 17 for this one. Saying, said, I'm not praying for these alone, but for all those who are going to believe in me through their word, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. The oneness, the unity, the togetherness, the love that we share, that tells the world that we're the real deal. And... Prayer. I know when you pray, you probably pray for the big items. Like we pray, we're thankful for food. We're thankful for where we live. We're thankful for our family. We might even mention them by name. We've got a prayer list. We pray we mention them by name. A lot of things. Do you ever just pray for the church? Just pray for the church. Because the church is in a tough time right now. As much as we want to serve God and be faithful, there are a lot of things today that pull or try to pull us in the wrong direction. We need to be strong and vigilant in that. Paul said, as he was talking about you know, the armor and all that he put on, last thing that he talked about was praying always with all prayer and supplication, the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints... Ephesians 6, verse 18. I love that. Paul says, I got all this stuff to think about, but I want you to know, number one, praying, supplicating, begging God on behalf of the church. Well, here's how that thing flashes out here. So yeah, you've got blessings, but when those blessings come along, guess what? Abundant opportunities. Got all these blessings? Now I've got opportunities opportunities to use the blessings. I'm not just holding them, not a warehouse, trying to send them on. So God's gonna give us the opportunity for the use of our blessings. That means that we have responsibility to act. God's given the blessings. The opportunities are abundant. Act, responsible to do that. So I'm very grateful and I want us to just become. If I prayed anything today, I would be praying that God will make us so aware of the blessings that we have and of the opportunities that are right there at our fingertips, and that we will fulfill the responsibility that He sees He's put in us. Will you do that? Nod your head this way. We will. You got some challenges that are in the way? Let's pray together that God will will remove them and make it wide open for the exercise of your faith, your blessings, opportunities, fulfilling your responsibilities. Maybe there's someone here today that needs to start their walk with the Lord right now. If you believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you're ready to... Repent, turn away from sins, confess that faith before this number. Today you'll be buried in water. Have those sins washed away, rise up in newness of life. The Lord will add you to the church. All those blessings we talked about, spiritual, general, individual, they are yours without end. Let's make that transition today. You need to respond. Now is your opportunity. Why don't you come while we stand and sing. Wow i so... Awesome.
1: After the song we just sang, I can't think of a thing in the world I could add to it. So if you would, just bow with me and we'll offer thanks for the emblems. Our Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for the opportunity that we can come together on this special day to remember the most significant event in in human history. We pray, Father, as we partake of these emblems that we might do so in a way that would please you. Be with us as we partake of the bread which represents that body that was broken on the cross. Help us to partake of it with our minds going back to the event that took place there. And we pray, Father, that you be pleased with our efforts. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. By with me our heavenly father we're thankful for <clears throat> the sacrifice of jesus blood on calvary's cross that takes away our sins and causes us to be members of your family we're so thankful that he was willing to make that sacrifice and we pray father that we always remember what uh, he did for us and help us to respect him and to obey Him through all of our lives. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's bow. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you, Father, for this day, for all the many blessings, for all the spiritual blessings of life, for our blessings and our responsibilities. Father, we know that you gave the greatest gift of all, your Son who died upon the cross for our sins. We pray, Father, today as we give, we'll be faithful and joyful givers We pray, Father, we'll be givers of our talents. And we pray, Father, for just all the many things, Father, you continue to give us. And we just realize, Father, that everything we have comes from you. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
4: Good morning. morning. We have a plethora of announcements, so I'll get right into them. We had 280 in worship today. There is a gospel meeting at the Marietta Church of Christ that begins today and goes through Wednesday uh, at 7 PM each night. Keith Wilson is the speaker. Uh, The bus will leave uh, 630 tomorrow night, uh, Monday night, for those who wish to go and support that meeting. Uh, Lisa has posted a schedule on the nursery door for the uh, attendance for the nursery. Those of you who signed up for that, uh, please check it to see the date for you. And if you need to change your date, uh, try to get someone to cover for you. If not, call Miss Lisa and she'll take care of that for you. Uh, We have a, a, a special event coming up here for the ladies. Join us for Girls' Day um, here at the Boonville Church of Christ. The title or the theme is Lord, Give Me That Saturday, uh, August the 26th. Registration is at 8.30 from 9 to 2. Uh, Nicole Young is the guest speaker. See, Carrie, if you have any questions about that, she said um, ladies also are invited, so uh, please support that. A lot of good has, has been done toward that effort. If you would like your picture, made for the new church directory and haven't had that done please meet in front of the auditorium this sunday following worship july 30 is the deadline to take the new pictures uh, or to submit those uh, photos that you wish to be used please make sure that your family uh, info is current in the new directory by july 30 see um brother larry if you have questions about that forms are in the foyer the landmark nursing home is devotional is today at four um, Just a reminder that's in the bulletin, the fifth Sunday contribution on July 30th will go toward capital improvements. The food pantry and clothes closet, I think they uh, broke another record recently, Uh, will be open this Thursday, July the 20th, from 9 to 10.30. Come and help if you can. Ladies who would like to help with a baby shower in honor of Lauren Brumley will meet uh, Sunday, July 30 in the Little Chapel following the morning worship. See Bridget Williams for info about that. Uh, There'll be no bulletins this week. Uh, If you'll give your announcements to Chris Langley and men, please see Chris for your assignments. The youth are uh, planning to go to the uh, Tennessee Youth Series this Thursday. It's in Henderson. Uh, I understand they've had some really good uh, devotionals and speakers. They will leave, the bus will leave at 5 from the TAC. Maywood is coming up. Uh, Session 8 is July the 23rd through the 29th. 29th. If you haven't registered for that and intend to go, uh, please register uh, as soon as possible. And side note, I won't call any names, but please make sure that you register for our week uh, and not another week. I sent out a couple of messages to folks who were, uh, who came to the meeting and I, I said hey, your name is not on the printout I got yesterday, I need you to, uh, well I registered, I said did you get a confirmation email, this person sends me a picture, I said check and see what week you registered for and the response was oh no, I've registered for week 7, uh, which is no problem at all but I did. However, I guess I was a little ugly. I called her yesterday and said, how fast can you pack? I said you're registered for week seven. Sorry, you have to go that week. And uh, she believed me for a minute, but uh, no worries. But just make sure if you have rested and you haven't gotten, you make sure that you're rested for our week because it does happen. If you're helping with the un-iced uh, desserts, the individually wrapped uh, things that are in the bulletin, thank you very much for that. And uh, we appreciate it very much. If you didn't see me in the meeting last week, you need to get a copy of that parent letter if you haven't already. And we need to know, the bus will leave one o'clock from the TAC next Sunday. Brother Chris is driving. um, And so we need to know who's going to and from. That's very important. Uh, Please don't change your mind uh, at the last minute. We need to know who's on the bus and who's not. uh, And so we make sure we've got plenty of room and we know where people are and all that good stuff. Many of you have uh, given uh, help to help campers go to camp. I I want you to know I appreciate that. God has blessed us with many opportunities. This week I've had two different phone calls that involved hey I'm bringing a friend or someone needs to come who but there's they're not financially able. And then I got another call that I may get that call Monday that. We're coming to camp, never been to your week before, uh, never been to Maywood before. We'd like to bring uh, this individual who is staying with us because uh, uh, his family has recently been made homeless. So there's all kinds of opportunities. So if you would uh, still like to help with that, there's always a need, and I promise you, anything that you give goes to either helping a camper or some supplemental need, and sometimes those needs, Uh, involved going and buying clothes for those kids who came that didn't have any to begin with and and all kinds of opportunities like that. But thank you very much for what you do, but most of all, please pray for us as we uh, head into that adventure. This morning, would you bow with me as we pray? Let's stand together. Our most holy and righteous Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the opportunity to worship Thank you for the privilege of being your child. Thank you so very much, Father, for your son, Jesus, who died for us. Father, we are in awe of his sacrifice, in awe of your love for us, in awe of your mercy and majesty. Father, thank you for Brother Toy, and I pray you will bless him. I pray that you will bless those who are still struggling with sin, that they will repent. Father, as we leave this place today, help us to put you first. In Jesus we pray. Amen.